The Akara and Koka Report, episode number 7. Welcome to the Akkad and Coca Report, the podcast dedicated to making sense of healthcare. From policy to economics, from evidence-based medicine to ethics, join us as Drs. Michelle Akkad and Anish Coca diagnose and treat the latest epidemic of healthcare absurdities. And we're on. Hello, everyone. Hello, Anish. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good. Another rainy day. Another. Is that right? Yeah, it's been uh, like, uh, I don't know, like uh, seven or eight or ten days of rain straight. It's amazing. Has it been, uh, what's the weather like over in? Blue skies. Beautiful. Blue skies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually a little chilly today. Yeah. The typical uh, San Francisco summer type weather. Um, good. Shall we get started? You know, so, yeah. so we have a paper here. I think you'll summarize it. But before, before you do, I want to read the tweets that sort of... Uh, caught my attention uh, by someone, you know, who's, uh, I think, a health, uh, healthcare reporter or I'm not exactly sure. I think, I think so. I think he's sort of a healthcare journalist. And he retweeted, he repeated this or he tweeted this in regards to the, the, uh, the paper we're going to discuss today. And he said, this is a great story that proves you don't even need an effective drug to make billions. You just need an effective marketing campaign. Okay, so we're going to see if that's, uh, if that's the case. But I think it's a good summary of the editorial, or at least the, the gist of the editorial. I mean, that's yeah. what the editorial was trying to convey, that you don't need an effective drug, you just need a marketing campaign, and boom, you make billions of dollars. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> okay. So, so the, the, the editorial is in, uh, is in JAMA. It's by... Um, JAMA Lisa Internal Medicine. JAMA Internal Medicine, yes. The Journal sorry. of Less is More, yeah. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> Lisa, so Lisa Schwartz. Uh, from the Dartmouth Institute for Health Policy and Stephen Voloshin, the Center for Medicine and Media, also the Dartmouth Institute for Health Policy. That, so that automatically tells me that they're probably not seeing that many patients, but well, maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe right. I'm wrong. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I, so it tells me that they, they tend to have an angle on things. Yes, yes. There's always an angle. Well, we have an angle too. But anyway, so the, the title of the uh, article is, uh, 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 the editorial is A Clear-Eyed View of Restasis and Chronic Dry Eye Disease. And they start out by talking about the fact that there's a legal maneuver that the uh, Allergan, the company that makes Restasis, um, uh, has done in order to try to extend their patent by licen- licensing their patent to a, some, some, tribe in, uh, uh, some tribe and the tribe is going to license it back to them. All, all of it to tr- some legal loophole that they're trying to exploit to kind of extend the patent protection. But the, uh, and the drug itself is, is a cyclosporin uh, type of gel, which uh, I guess is, 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 was one of the first of its kind to be shown to be effective in patients that have uh, a dry eye, dry eyes. So, so, the, so, so the, they, they spend a brief bit of time. You want to you start <laughs> over? No, no, I think it said some ambiance. It's fine. It's fine. Let's Sorry. Keep yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah, so... So the more fundamental question that they, they're asking, though, is, well, how effective is restasis? Is restasis, um, is it, you know, restasis is supposed to work for dry eye, but is it effective or not? And they, they say that uh, they, they go through a bunch of different things that suggest that, that the randomized control trials or the placebo trials were, uh, did not show that uh, restasis was that effective in treating dry eye. There were FDA applications, uh, multiple FDA applications, and then finally it was approved based on a surrogate endpoint, something called the Shermer sign. Um, and uh, it's not approved in uh, by the European Union. It's not approved in Australia. And so, uh, you know, this is not even an efficacious drug. 
And uh, yet uh, Americans are paying through the nose for to the tune of, they say, $2 billion, uh, $2 billion Medicare Part D, you know, federal tax dollars also being spent to, to a massive uh, amount as well. And, you know, they end by saying, think about all this wasted money and what else it could have been used for, you know, things like funding the Dartmouth Health Policy Institute forever. Um, but uh, so that is the, the, the gist is right. we're spending too much money on a drug that is not effective. That does not work. Right. Yes. So what like, are you thinking yourself? Well, have we been, have we been duped as, as uh, are physicians so easily duped that uh, we're using this uh, drug that does God knows what? Yeah. I mean, but you know, I mean, if that's the case, if a, if a pharmaceutical company can just have a marketing campaign to, uh, and make billions with a product that doesn't work, why do they invest in, even, even invest in R&D? Why can't they just put some, you know, saline or something, you know, put something completely inert off the shelf? I mean, why, why bother even, you know, get, uh, get uh, you know, uh, do any research? You know, it, 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 it's, uh, you know, it sounds fishy. And then when you, you, you dig through, through this, so I, I want to um, bring attention because this we hear a lot, the drug doesn't work. The drug doesn't work. So on what basis do they say that the drug doesn't work? There were two um, uh, criteria that the FDA had asked the, um, uh, the company uh, to demonstrate uh, efficacy on. And one of them is a you know criteria on a sign on the the um, the ocular surface damage. You know, there's some kind of uh, index of mm -hmm. ocular surface damage, yeah. and to see, and apparently it fails to meet uh, uh, statistical significance. The other one is a, a symptom index score. Okay, but what's interesting is that in none of this does it ask the patients if they feel better using the drug than not using it or using the, the, the artificial tears, right? There's nothing, I mean, if you look at a symptom score, it makes it sound like we're, we're gauging the subjective, you know, the, the symptoms of the patient. But what it is, is that, you know, it's a score that says, you know, uh, and, and it's a scale for each symptom. More often than not, I have dry eyes in the morning. Yeah, you know, so you answer yes, uh, mo most of the time, you know, a little of the time, you know, that sort of thing. Or when there's air conditioning, my eyes feel dry. Some of the time, most of the, you know, that, that kind of thing. So you get a composite score at baseline and then you can get a composite score after the use of the drug. But I mean, for one thing, to, to me, that's very different than just saying, you know, do you like, you know, do you like being on the drug better <laughs> than what you were on before? Well, Michelle, that, how can you trust? How can you trust the patients? I mean, you that's can true. That's true. We can't. Snake oil, and uh, if they feel better with snake oil, then uh, is that? That's terrible. Trusted to know what's good for them or not. You know, it, it's amazing. It made me think of it. I mean, imagine, imagine you were. You know, you go and and you see people drinking Coca Cola instead of Pepsi or vice versa. And you tell them, you know, which one do you like best? They say, I like Coca-Cola better. And then you say, well, that, that sounds fishy. <laughs> Let me give you a questionnaire to fill <laughs> You know, this re you know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's the kind of thing. I mean, why not ask the patients, you know, do you feel better or not? I mean, it's not that you need to ask. The, the FDA, of course, needs these kinds of uh, indices to make it objective. Yeah. But why would patients continue to use something to the tune of billions of dollars because of a marketing campaign? I mean, I find that a little bit, 
you know, fishy that they right. would continue to use and pay. And especially nowadays when there's out-of-pocket costs and whatnot, that they would go and use something that doesn't work. Yeah. You don't think they could be led by their physicians to say, hey, this is awesome. Right. And this is working. Right. I mean, either, you know, the physicians are in cahoots with the drug companies. Correct. And, uh, of course. And there's a, there's a statement uh, in the paper about the, the role of physicians. Clinicians typically do not learn about new drugs from regulatory documents. Right. right? Many learns from company-sponsored promotional efforts, such as detailing visits and events where foods and beverages are provided. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, and and these statements, right, it's always... We are the pimps. Yeah, we are pimps. Correct. Uh, so, we're pimps for the, for, the, for, the, for the drug companies. It's always vague. It's a, physicians typically, right, typically do not learn. Now, typically, I'd like them to quantify this. Typically, what does that mean? Do they have, right, do they have a p-value to... Uh, <laughs> to back that statement. Now, of course, I know that there are statements that show that physicians prescribe more, you know, if they've been under certain circumstances. But as we talked about in a, in a previous uh, uh, episode, you know, all of this is very fishy. Um, I mean, I, I, there may be, I mean, in the U.S., how many physicians are actually given gobs of money by Allergan for eye drops and whatnot for, you know, and presumably ophthalmologists might, might be. But still, I mean, there there's so many competing factors and whatnot, and yeah, I mean, so I did. Some, I, I can't imagine. Go ahead, you did some some research. I did some research. Okay, good. Good. I, I, I called the. I called because we, you know, we don't want people to just take our word for it, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I cold called an ophthalmologist. I said, um, you know, what what is this thing about restasis? I mean, I've barely heard of restasis. So I was like, I don't know, I don't know. And you know, so what what do you what do you think is going on with restasis? And he says. Um, he says, oh, do you have a problem with this? Do you know somebody? I was like, no, 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 no. There's this controversy. And, and, you know, what do you think about the drug? He's like, well, you know, in my practice, you know, I don't know the, I don't know the data that tremendously, but in my practice uh, that I've used it, it seemed to work wonders. Um, there are patients that, uh, who are failing uh, uh, regular saline drops. These are usually patients that are failing regular saline drops. And they come and we try it. And there's definitely a group of folks that respond really well to it. He pointed out that, you know, you need to use the drug consistently for three months. And a lot of times people that don't respond aren't using it consistently for three months. And they really have to be trained well in terms of how to use it because it takes a long time before it works effectively. But his feeling was, is that, you know, this was, this was actually a fairly uh, effective, uh, effective drug. I then reached out to uh, um, somebody on Twitter. I didn't ask him for permissions. I want to say his name, but he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, he's an expert in dry eyes. And, and I said, and I asked him about this thing and he, he said that this was an editorial written by uh, two internists who don't really know much about uh, what they're uh, talking about. And he says, that, you know, they got most of their most of the things in the article wrong. He says it's it's been an amazingly effective uh, uh, drug. The uh, ophthalmologists in general ignored this article. The numbers, the two billion number, is totally wrong. Actually, um, it's 1.4 billion is what is reported in sales. You know, they rounded up the two from 1.4, um, and then. <laughs> That 1.4 apparently is not even not even correct because that's the that that's the list price and that is doesn't include the rebates. So he thinks the number is probably closer to 700 or 800. Right. Although I, I mean, at that point, who cares? I mean, even if it's yeah. 10 billions. Right. right I mean, right. If, but, I mean, this is amazing because I, I really I knew nothing about that. What, what you're just saying, that's really absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah. And 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 the fact that and it's interesting. It's it just goes to show you how much. I mean, literally the whole article. Uh, is 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 utterly uh, uh, misguided and and gives you the wrong impression. So when you talk to some expert within the field, now it's possible that the experts have gotten some funding from a drug company. I, I don't know exactly how much or what they've gotten and stuff, but 
you know, you have two separate unrelated ophthalmologists that say, yeah, no, it's a drug that, that works, uh, it's worked really well. And it's ushered in a new era in terms of how we treat dry eyes in terms of using cyclosporin. There are multiple other drugs that are coming on the market. Patents are being approved. By the way, they have reapplied to the European Medical Association. They've reapplied to uh, these other places in order to get the FDA approval. And by the way, the surrogate endpoint, these guys poo-poo the surrogate endpoint, saying the only reason the FDA approved it was the surrogate endpoint, which is something called the Schirmer sign. I've never... Right. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a way to quantify the amount of... Uh, tears. Uh, of tears, you're right. Of tears. Yes. So, so the, you know, so I, again, what do I know? But he, so he said... He said, you know, the Schirmer sign is, and the whole point is, is to get more tears. And the Schirmer sign quantifies more tears. And so we have more tears. So what exactly, why is that a bad circuit endpoint? <laughs> like, right. what, do you want, do we want mortality benefit? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know that's, that's, that's amazing. I mean, I, I really had no idea. I mean, I thought, you know, when we started this episode, I thought that maybe, you know, this was vaguely sort of uh, ineffective and whatnot. But I... I, I I figure something was fishy. This, what you're telling me here is really absolutely amazing. Yeah. So it's actually an effective drug and they don't have a single counterpoint. So, I mean, JAMA internal medicine is, I mean, it's essentially, you know. Oh, speaking of which, JAMA internal medicine, I tweeted about that. To get to this article, there's a barrage of pop-up advertising <laughs> that you have to get to before you can even read the, the damn thing, you know, a bunch of things that you have to click, you know, close, 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 all these ads from please, pharma company. Please tell me that one of the ads was for Allergan, for Restasis. No, I don't think, well, no, I don't think it, <laughs> it would have they been funny, but, but it wasn't, no. Um, but, so, but no, this raises a larger question, right? I mean, yes, I know we were going to talk about Restasis and the... No, it, it is a larger question. This is, um, I mean, clearly it's ideological, I mean, this, this thing about, you know, the pharma schools and, and they hate the term, but the, the term is extremely appropriate. That's really what it is. It, it's, you know, the, this notion that anything that comes out of pharma has to be suspicious, has to be manipulative, has to be wrong. Yeah. But this is, it's ridiculous on the face of it. You really don't need to even dig into um, uh, as much as you did to figure out that there must be something fishy. Why would a patient continue to use month after month and prescribe and refill the prescription for something that doesn't work. At some point it has, I mean, yeah, well, I thought you were, I thought you were going to bring up the fact that it was, you know, it's probably covered by third parties and uh, you know, yeah. So, so that probably, that you know, it does play a role. Correct. It plays a role that, the, you know, the bar is going to be less, but even then, right. Uh, you, you know, you still, even if it's free, even right. if it's free and you put the stuff in your eye and it, if it doesn't work, you're going to throw it away. Right. I mean, who wants, who, to wants to, who wants to do that? Yeah. Right. Right. For the fun of it. Yeah. I mean, the, the remarkable thing is, is that in, in trying to point out how fake pharma is here, they have overreached and become even faker than <laughs> it is. I mean, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's remarkable to me that, I mean, you know, I grew up in an age where like JAMA was like, you know, JAMA and right. all these great journals where, you know, that was the rock of evidence. This is facts. And here you have literally um, in this, in, in, in the debate that's been taking place, they are fake news. I, I use it's that. Actually. It's infantile. It's really, it's a, an infantilization of the debate. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying we shouldn't, uh, you know, I mean, there, there are points of criticism that one can, can, can raise against pharma. There's no question about it. Right, right. But right. not that, not to say, oh, you know, all you have to do is have a marketing campaign and then you can make billions of dollars a year. This yes, is, yes, yes. It is, really it is a, idiotic. It is idiotic. Yeah. And yet you get retweets, you get yes, yeah. it's in the pages of a JAMA and, and everywhere yeah. else and, and everybody claps. And, yeah. Yeah, right. and the interesting thing is, is that, 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 that a lot of healthcare journalists have, are, are ideologically on the same fold 
and they are dying to hear this stuff. They're dying right. to, you know, paint folks as the, some folks as the bad, as the bad guys. And they then retweet it and amplify it. And, and you have this giant bubble of, uh, of just, uh, uh, you know, fake stuff. They, they completely that's lose their, their objectivity on, on this. It's, right, it's right. So who, do, who should you believe, uh, Michelle? Right. You should believe the, the Akkad and Koka reports. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> People should subscribe to this every week. We give you the truth. Right, right, right. No big yes. news here. Yes. Um, but yes, I mean, this is, uh, this is crazy. You know, I'm going to tell you a little story. It's funny because uh, there, there's a personal aspect to this. Um, not that I'm a dry eye, but in a way, I, I know more about dry eyes than I, I, I ever thought I would. When I was um, a fellow at UCSF, I was working with, uh, in, a, in a genetic lab on, on mice that had been genetically engineered to have a knockout of uh, an enzyme that esterifies cholesterol. Mm -hmm. Because cholesterol esterification is what happens in, uh, in macrophages, in, in, in atherosclerotic plaques. You have foam cells that are full of cholesterol esters. And so, you know, basic science for me was complete drudgery. I, I did it. I, I should have known better, but I... Uh, you know, I had no patience for it and no, no real interest in it. But I, I did this. So for two years, I had to go into the lab and, um, and these mice. So, so the mice were genetic knockouts. And otherwise, if you look at them, they seemed indistinguishable. And, and the lab had had, had the mice for, for three years. They had published a bunch of papers characterizing the phenotype of these uh, knockout mice. And... Uh, uh, but after a while, I was, I was using them and I had, for the purposes of my experiment, I had to determine whether the mice that I was handling was a knockout mouse, the mouse that I was handling was a knockout or was it a wild type and so forth. And after a while, I realized that the mice, their eyes looked funny. <laughs> they looked funny to me. And uh, so I, 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 you know, and it was clear that it was the knockout mice that had these funny looking yeah. eyes. So I did a histological uh, uh, section of the eyes and it turned out they had uh, a depletion of the uh, esters, cholesterol esters in the meibomian glands, uh -huh. which are really the, the glands that produce the tears uh -huh. that are implicated in the, the, the dry eye syndrome. Uh, interesting. So, so then, the, so I, I presented that at, at a lab meeting and the PI said, wow, this is very interesting. Let's do a little marketing research. What is the, the market for dry eyes? You know, see if we can sort of. Uh, <laughs> so so I, I, I looked at the market and it wasn't the focus of the lab. So I'm not saying that's why, you know, yeah. but I, I did the, somebody looked at the market size and it seemed really paltry. It was, it was, it was, oh. it was very little. So um, they said, ah, um, that's not oh interesting. That's not interesting. God. But the reason it was paltry is because there was nothing works. <laughs> right it's not it's not because <laughs> it was paltry because nothing works so uh, now, uh, works, you could have been the next zuckerberg right well i mean I, right i mean that that enzymes probably had nothing yeah. to, you know it wouldn't have led to a drug but um but um but it, it goes to show you that this you know just saying that you can make billions just on the face uh, you know just on the basis of a marketing campaign that's that's really it's silly and it should stop it should stop i mean if if doctors are watching this or residents or students or whatnot i mean really uh, i'd like to uh, to caution them because we hear this so frequently that that all you need is marketing and advertising and then like like uh, you know in a, it puts the doctors and the patients in a trance you know you see the ad on the t on tv and then you're going to call your doctor and say i want this and then you're going to use it and and be hooked on it for the rest of your life this is really silly have we, uh, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. It's, anything it's else? To <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, cer it's certainly a narrative that uh, people like, but uh, there's a little uh, 
the, the truth is uh, far from substance. what the narrative is. So. It is. All right, All right, sir. Nice chatting. Yep. See you next time. Bye. Yep. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Akkad and Coca Report. Subscribe for free on iTunes or Stitcher at akkadandcoca.com, where you'll find detailed show notes, our blog, and more. akkadandcoca.com.